This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, June 8th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Inspectors general are supposed to keep massive federal agencies abiding by the law, not engaging in corrupt practices, and generally following the programs within their purview. This president has fired some inspectors general of agencies, and in doing so has shown himself less amenable to oversight than his predecessors. Will Yateman, a research fellow at the Cato Institute, says it's a dangerous series of moves, and Congress should do more to check this president. Republicans, uh, for the most part, I think, have grudgingly accepted a whole lot of what the president has done and said over the past uh, three plus years as president. Um, And it seems like we may have crossed uh, a line in which more Republicans are willing to say, now, hold on a second there, chief executive. We've got a problem with what you're doing, specifically Chuck Grassley. Uh, The president has fired inspectors general from multiple agencies, uh, and that has uh, gotten the hackles up of Charles Grassley. So what, in, in, if you could, just characterize the controversy. Sure. Uh, first, just to step back, what are inspectors general? Um, they're these, consider them like uh, the internal affairs of Congress. I mean, the, the movie with Richard Gere, these sort of uh, people embedded within an agency whose job is to root out and prevent waste, fraud, and abuse. Um, They're created by statute, and their job is to inform, in large part, Congress. I mean, this is a function of Congress's investigatory powers. Congress creates these agencies, Congress funds these agencies, and the inspectors general um, are a mechanism by which Congress oversees these agencies. Of late, President Trump has fired uh, or, or moved within the administration, but moved them from this particular post, five of these inspectors general. And, and not, all of, uh, not all of these removals were a big deal. Not all of them were caused political problems, if you will. Uh, three of them were, were pretty, pretty recent. They were acting inspectors general. They had not been confirmed by the Senate. Um, sort of a lesser issue than the two acting inspectors general who, whom he removed, who, who he removed. Um, and that would be Michael Atkinson, uh, who was the IG for the intelligence community. And it would be Steve Linick, who was the IG for the State Department. Now, President Trump, in, in justifying these removals, he's, he's got, well, first, he's got a responsibility under statute to notify Congress in advance of his intention to, to remove an inspector general. Again, this is a delicate position. I mean, this is a, meant to be a function of Congress's investigatory power. What is, how does Trump justify this? I mean, it's, a, it's uh, as Chuck Grasserly has set forth in letters to the administration, it, it's a high bar. These inspectors general, are, they're meant to be uh, independent, if you will. And by that, it is meant the president is not supposed to be able to fire them at will if he disagrees with, with the tree they're barking up. So President Trump says that he's lost the confidence, um, and, and in particular, these two, the one Atkinson for the intelligence community and uh, Linick uh, for the State Department. Trump says that he's lost confidence in them and kind of didn't give much more explanation. Um, uh, uh, that seems to be coterminous with, I disagree with them, uh, but we don't really know. Uh, unfortunately, this is not an instance where Trump was a pioneer. The first time this justification was used by a president to remove an inspector general 
was in 2009 by Obama. Um, now, ultimately, he was cleared of that action by the courts. I mean, the, the gentleman who had been removed uh, sued to get his position back. He said this wasn't a good enough reason, and the courts ultimately sided with the president. So, unfortunately, uh, Trump wasn't the first person to do this. Um, but to his immense credit, Chuck Grassley, who believes very much in this system of inspectors general, and there's a 70, 70 odd total inspectors general, uh, of which only 34, 35 are the sort we're talking about, these statutory uh, uh, establishment inspectors general. Um, but Grassley is a big proponent of the system. He believes in it. And uh, upon being notified, I believe it was first Atkinson was removed, subsequently Linick, and that was very recently. Upon this the second removal of Linick, Grassley fired off a letter um, to, to the White House, and he said, we need answers. I mean, what you provided us isn't good enough um, under the law as written by Congress, under, under the intent of Congress. Uh, uh, subsequently, the president responded, or the administration did, with a five-page letter that doesn't really set forth, doesn't really elaborate. Basically, the five-page letter does this. It says, the Obama administration did it in 2009, ergo, therefore, we're allowed to do it. Um, and gradually in the Washington Post, uh, upon receiving this uh, rather curt explanation from the administration, said that's not good enough. Um, so we are, like you said, um, we're seeing some pushback from, um, you know, Grassley is a senior leader in the GOP controlled Senate. So that's a big deal. I will note this, however. I mean, I do take Grassley's opposition to date with a bit of a grain of salt. Um, he, he just when it comes to executive power, previously he'd made a big stink with Trump's national security steel tariffs. Grassley, to his immense credit then, had noted that that this was a plenary exclusive power of Congress that the president was abusing. Um, nevertheless, when push came to shove, he kind of he, he went back from the brink. I mean, he, he, had, he floated some ideas that would have reined in um, Trump's uh, arguable abuse of presidential power and uh, instead didn't do anything. So uh, I, I, I very much commend his words, and I do hope um, they are buttressed by action. All right. So uh, what happens now? Uh, presumably, if these are statutory uh, positions, uh, the Senate will have another say about who replaces these IGs. Well, indeed. I mean, and so you bring up a good point that I just noted at the outset. I mean, in terms of what happens now, at any point in time, Congress could assert its will here. I mean, if Congress wants to play hardball, as I said before, they fund these agencies, they created these agencies. Um, there are many levers by which Congress can squeeze and, and, and get its way. Um, that said, where does this go from here? Um, it, it, it could be bluster. I mean, you know, I, I noted, I just noted this incident where, where, whereby Grassley had objected to a presidential, you know, a, a presidential overreach, um, but ultimately didn't do anything. That's certainly possible in, in the contemporary Congress. Um, I, what I would like to see happen is for uh, more senators, in addition to Grasserly, to take note, um, to, to say that this really isn't acceptable, um, uh, to at least demand answers. There's a, a council of inspectors general that Congress created in 2008. Um, they could look into it. Uh, Congressional committees. I mean, you know, they just, the House of Representatives just restarted, just uh, effectuated a rules change that facilitates a remote oversight. So uh, potentially that. Where would I like to see this ultimately end up um, in terms of a big, bold reform? Uh, here. 
This system has always been controversial, that of the inspector's general system. Um, uh, that is to say, uh, presidents have always chafed under the responsibility to house within these agencies, these, these internal affairs type entities. That's sort of baked into the system. Um, and that's because Congress... Uh, made these inspectors generals to be part of the executive branch. And I think that was the big mistake. And I think that's the reason we're having these problems to date here. Um, and allow me just to elaborate very briefly. Of course, under our constitutional separation of powers, the Congress, they're forbidden from executing the law. However, when it comes to Congress's power to investigate, to ensure that these laws, you know, its laws are being implemented um, as intended by lawmakers, Congress's power is plenary. Um, th there's virtually nothing it could do in the when it comes to investigating um, with the purpose of legislating uh, that, that Congress can't do. Um, and, and this is a, a roundabout way of saying that I believe Congress erred in 1978 when, when they established the inspectors general, the system that we know of today, by making these entities within the executive branch, but beholden to lawmakers. I, I think that Congress could circumvent these problems by, uh, by changing via statute, specifying that these inspectors general, they are Article I agents. Um, and, and I think it makes a great deal of sense for Congress to have its own people on the ground. That, that, that is to say, that constitutionally speaking, there is no requirement that inspectors general be a part of the executive branch, that, that ultimately their leaders are, are subject to a presidential appointment, Senate confirmation, and presidential removal. They can, constitutionally speaking, be wholly a function of Congress. And I think that that is a potential solution that uh, uh, would end all these problems. I mean, it would, it, in effect, remove the president from the equation and render these inspectors general wholly subservient to Congress, to, to you know, these, the, the entity, the institution that created them and funds them. Um, so I, uh, when you ask me what could happen next, uh, you know, at the outset, I know Congress basically has the power to, to whenever they want to bring this to a resolution to their liking. Um, realistically speaking, the, the uh, you know, it's, it's probably even likely that nothing will happen in a perfect world. What I would like to see is this this tension removed and, and by that i mean they they're in these inspectors general their job is to be you know the internal affairs of the executive branch nonetheless they're they're you know, they're presidential employees they're they're in article two they're in the executive branch and i would like to see congress uh exercise their constitutional authority to make these igs agents of congress obviously the the reason that Congress wants to have inspectors general is to police executive agencies that Congress funds, as you noted. Uh, but are there, are there any specific fears that members of Congress have laid out with respect to how uh, the president oversees the executive agencies that you know he's supposed to oversee? Well, there were the the fears that we spoke about, the Grassley, the ones articulated by Grassley, which is, hey, you're removing these inspectors, you're firing them um, in contravention of the, the threshold that we set forth in statute. However, there is uh, there's one, I guess, Trump outrage when it comes to inspectors general that is flying under the radar that has yet to incur any congressional response, which kind of blows my mind. And that is, it pertains to the COVID stimulus, uh, the CARES Act 
which was signed into law in May, late late March, um, provides two two trillion dollars worth of stimulus. This is the the first round of big bucks stimulus bill. President Trump, shortly after signing the bill into law, had what is known as a signing statement, and, and this is this uh, uh, amazing process by which that, that somehow is condoned in today's constitutional law whereby a president signs a measure into law and then specifies the components of that measure that, again, he, he just signed into law that he won't comply with. With respect to the CARES Act, the president specified two provisions, both of which pertain to inspectors general that were created by the CARES Act to oversee these trillions of dollars that were being rushed out the door as fast as possible. By repudiating those the, it was really two layers of inspector inspectors general oversight. Um, Trump gets to the heart of, of the sort of things that that this system was meant to ward off. Uh, here, these the stimulus. The, the very purpose is to spend money as fast as possible. That that is when oversight is at its most important. Uh, I'll say this as well. It was only uh, ten odd days ago when when or only very recently that the House of Representatives changed their rules to even uh, facilitate, to allow for oversight of these trillions of dollars spent in, in COVID stimulus. So it, that's a great example of, of an area where inspectors general can have, uh, you know, that's what they're designed for, to, to audit the sorts of, every day, the, the papers are, are rife with stories about these stimulus monies gone awry. I mean, the, the most recent one I had read was a gentleman in Atlanta um, who evidently spent it all on gold Rolexes. Um, you know, the million plus dollars that he'd gotten from the government. These are the sorts of things that, that an IG, that they're meant to root out. And these are the sorts of investigations and the sorts of, of good government oversight that doesn't occur when President Trump gets in the way, as he has wont to do of late. Congress can play hardball here. Uh, Chuck Grassley said you have uh, gone against the federal statute in removing uh, these IGs, but is Congress actually going to do anything or are they just going to let it happen? It's impossible to tell. Uh, it, it, the, it is true. I mean, as, as, I, as I mentioned before, that it, it, uh, Republicans in Congress have expressed outrage over Trump's executive overreach. I mean, one example would be the, the border wall spending when there was a government shutdown that led to the hotly contested, you know, the negotiations over a budget that did not include wall spending. And then Trump, a month later, declared a national emergency to, to circumvent, uh, you know, the, this appropriations process that had just occurred. Yes, before that, that sort of activity has given pause to, to members of the GOP caucus in the House and Senate, but they haven't done anything yet. Um, and, and they haven't really exercised uh, any degree of oversight yet over Trump's executive overreach, cer certainly not out of the Senate. Um, so I, I welcome Grasserly's condemnation. Um, what he tell what he told reporters at the Washington Post that this is unacceptable. But I, I do hope that he he means what he says. And and unfortunately um, I'm a little bit skeptical that he means what he says, given that we've had kind of three and a half years of, of Republicans once in a while uh, uh, expressing their discomfort with what Trump is doing, but ultimately doing nothing. Will Yateman is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.